am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Eighty-five percent of the teenagers in high school have been exposed to hardcore Satanism. Jesus wants me to live an abundant human life. Satan's pretty cool. And welcome to another episode of Fake Ritual, a fool's guide to pop culture and the occult. I am your host, Lucas Sloppy, and with me today, my guest today, she is a jack-of-all-trades. Let me begin the list. She is co-owner of Mod's Paperwing Gallery. She is vocalist in the band, musical group. Some Faith, also on the board of directors at the Mr. Roboto Project in Garfield and on the board of directors at the Millville Community Library in Millville. And she's also a baker. It's Indigo Baloch. Hello, Indigo. Hello. Welcome to the show. I'm happy to be here. Uh, well, before we get into our topic, I mean, I told the fakers at home a lot about you, but is there anything else you want them to know about you? Or anything, you know, before we get into it that is relevant to the topic? Um, I guess as far as, like, what's relevant, um, I have dressed up as Kiki from Kiki's Delivery Service before. Um, I have worked in many bakeries, so it's a really good Halloween costume when you work at a bakery. Um and uh, I actually also lived in Japan for a summer. Um, so I, I went to a lot of locations, um, part- like, like on purpose, uh, to visit places that I had heard uh, inspired Miyazaki. And uh, I, I'm just, like a huge diehard fan. So I did like a little tour of a lot of places um, and then wrote a very, very long essay for college about it Um, hell yeah well i always for some reason i act like it's a secret what the topic is even though i have it in the title of the episode (laughs) but you already mentioned his name and people know who the top what the topic is we're talking hayao miyazaki of studio ghibli fame and uh for those who don't know who he is i have uh, you know, tried and true Wikipedia entry here, which I really think sums up uh, his accolades. Miyazaki is a Japanese animator, director, producer, screenwriter, author, and manga artist. Long list, just like you, Indigo. Uh, <laughs> a co-founder of Studio Ghibli, he has attained international claim as a masterful, whoa, as a masterful storyteller and creator of Japanese animated feature films, and is widely regarded as one of the most accomplished filmmakers in the history of animation and he's a capricorn i I know which is really (laughs) unfortunate he is like i i have to give him a pass because of all of the wonderful things he's done but traditionally uh i am very much not a fan of capricorn oh no my fiance is a capricorn but oh no you know I'm a cancer, so it's. I think it. Oh, it really that's works. actually yeah, yeah. That's your sister's sign, so yes. it's like 
ideal combo. But uh, yeah, we're talking Hayao Miyazaki, uh, and you start Indigo. What does he mean to you, and why you know would we be talking about him on a pop culture occult podcast? Um. So for me, I have been watching Miyazaki's movies since I was a little kid. Um, been a big fan for a long time. I mean, they're just classics at this point. I think a lot of them really are just absolute classics. Um, and there are a lot that have to do with like witchcraft and magical worlds, magical creatures. Um, but also so much of it is also just rooted in the culture, um, which is, so it's actually interesting, like some of the stuff you were sending me about, like what you wanted to talk about today. Um, it actually, why I brought up, uh, my travels in that essay is like, honestly, it, uh, went a lot in line with that. Oh, Um, awesome. Yeah, there is. So part of the reason why I was like checking out a lot of the places I did was uh, I was sort of exploring the like cultural aspects that went into his movies, because I think a lot of people, uh, especially Western audiences, when they watch his movies, they have this idea of like, oh, he's created this totally fantastical world, which he has. Mm -hmm. But also there is so much of it that just goes into a lot of uh Japanese culture and beliefs especially like Shinto faith and um and a lot of people just don't know that a lot of people don't know about like yokai and kami and so it just seems completely like bananas fantasy to them um yes. but for a Japanese audience they will recognize a lot of those things um and so it's just sort of interesting how um popular i guess miyazaki has gotten in western audiences mm-hmm. like i mean of course like no surprise it's because they're so dang good yeah um but at the same time um it's just really interesting to see that um so many people connect with them without necessarily knowing um, all of the ways that it connects with history, the ways that it connects with religion, um, and, you know, different cultural beliefs and stuff like that. Um, so I think it's really fascinating to dive into that because, uh, I think honestly, the more you know about it, the more it makes it special, the more Mm -hmm. you, you can respect and acknowledge how much uh, like work and love and care has been put into these movies um, because it's not all just something that, you know, uh, just popped into his head. It's, it's like, there's so much that uh, these have been built off of uh, in a really beautiful way. Well, yeah, let's, you said a lot there, so let's yeah. take it apart. You said to talk a it, lot. Hell yeah, hell yeah. I mean that in a good way because there's a lot I want to touch on there. But I figure we might as well go back to the beginning because you yeah. were saying you you watched him as a child and he features children heavily in a lot of his films and features them very respectfully too. So just tell me a little bit about maybe what the first movie you saw was and how it made you feel and... Uh, you know, kind of how it set your course for the rest of your life. Because I feel like his movies, even if you watch them as an adult, they change your worldview. 
Oh, yeah. No, 100%. I feel like I know a lot of people that haven't uh, watched Ghibli movies until adulthood and are just like, how did I not yeah. before, you know? Guilty and I as think that it, Oh, no. Yeah. But I mean, but the thing is, like, it still has this ability to make such an impact on you for sure. I think they're so incredibly tender. I think there's so much love and specifically self-love that goes into... Mm-hmm. These movies, it's all about, you know, often finding yourself, learning to love yourself, um, you know, growing, learning, adapting. Um, and I think that's what is so beautiful about them. I think one of the first ones I saw, I feel like the first one I ever watched was My Neighbor Totoro. Um, and Makes I sense. remember, yeah, 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 I think I watched it with some family friends when I was a little kid. And after that, I was just really hooked. I was always really interested in a lot of Asian media. Um, I had an aunt that spent a lot of time in Japan and got me really interested in like anime and manga. And, um, and what then years I, would this have been? Oh my god, like when I was like a baby, like like, like so young. Like in the 90s? Yeah, I'm trying to remember when My Neighbor Totoro came out and also like when it came to the US. Yeah, because there's um, definitely the 90s and the 2000s were when it was still kind of on the, the periphery of things, you know. Cartoon yeah. Network might have had Toonami and stuff. It but looks like it was... Getting, you yeah. Know, it's not like today where NFL players are into right. anime like right the jocks yeah. like anime and it's totally cool <laughs> right i was definitely like the the nerd that was into anime and like got shit for it um when i was younger it looks like it the release date for my neighbor totoro in the u.s was 1993 yes and okay. i was born in 94 and i for me to remember watching it it must have been when i was like four or five maybe perfect age yeah. um you know so uh, and I remember that also when my younger cousins were old enough to like really understand it, uh, the, specifically the, the daughters of my aunt who spent a lot of time in Japan, um, we, you know, shared it with them and they loved it. And I actually just saw them the other day and we were reenacting, um, the tree growing, mm, uh, yeah, little dance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, cause we went to my other cousin's house, uh, where she, she has this gorgeous garden and is starting to grow some trees. So we were like, oh, we'll help. Um, and, you know, circled around the trees. And we were all laughing and having such a cute time. Um, but, yeah, I think that um, one of the things that makes it so wonderful for children to connect with is that – you know, again, like these are incredibly tender, heartfelt stories. It's about, you know, all of these things that are so hard for children, not feeling hurt, not feeling appreciated or understood, not knowing what your place is. Um, and, you know, trying to navigate all of that. 
And so I think it's incredibly real and relatable for younger audiences to watch this as well as older audiences, because it's something that we just cycle through and continue to experience throughout our lives as we experience new things, as we, you know, fall in and out of friend groups or, you know, jobs or living situations or what have you. And so I like, I mean, for me, my go-to time to watch a Miyazaki movie is when I'm feeling hopeless, when I am feeling like there, you know, like things are going wrong in my life or, you know, I'm going through something really difficult or really challenging. That's often the time that I'm like, you know what, now is I need to go home and rewatch a, a Ghibli movie because I know that it will pull me out of this slump. I know that it will give me the courage and motivation and hope to keep fighting through whatever it is I'm, I'm trying to push through because it reminds me to love myself uh, and to trust myself and, and have this faith and courage in myself. Um, and, you know, you watch these characters go through um, – really difficult situations and they're often on their own. It's usually kids on their own. And I think that when we are going through really difficult situations, it, it often feels like we're on our own, even if we're not. And so to see them pushing through, to see them sticking up for themselves and um, finding their support systems and stuff like that, um, it just, it fills you with so much uh, energy and courage to keep fighting, I think. Fuck yeah. I'm like, damn, now can we just like pause the show and watch Miyazaki <laughs> movies now? Damn. Yes. But I mean, this is obviously a perfect place for us to take a break. But then when we come back, I will be talking with Indigo about more Miyazaki movies. <laughs> talking our favorite Miyazaki movies. And uh, before we get to your pick to talk about, uh, let's just keep going on that My Number Totoro uh, kick because uh, also selfishly, it is the last Miyazaki movie <laughs> I watched. So I want to talk about that one. Uh, but yeah, you were saying you saw it when you were about four or so. Yeah, it must have been when I was pretty young. Like I can, I can kind of like remember the situation. It was like, like with family friends, uh, and I, I, it must have been young, but like also old enough for me to like remember having seen it. Yeah, uh, a movie like that. I'm just trying to think of like there are so many ends for people to watch it because even watching it as an adult, I think I went and saw that maybe The Manor last mm. year or something. They showed it in Squirrel Hill uh, here in Pittsburgh on a big screen and. It just like spoke to me even, you know, a lot of his adult characters in his movies sometimes are on the side, but they also mm -hmm. do have uh, 
an ability to approach the kids. And then this was in one of the articles that I sent you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, just like how Miyazaki treats mythology and supernatural yeah. things. Because in uh, My Neighbor Totoro, they never prove to the adults that Totoro is real. There's no even like plot point that focuses on that, which in America is the the uh, point of many movies is mm-hmm. children trying to convince the adults of, you know, what they're seeing is real. Yeah, it's just from yeah. Tor.com, T-O-R.com. The article is called The Gods and Spirits and Totoros of Miyazaki's Fantasy Worlds, written by Austin Gilkison. So, listeners at home, if you want something to read that more succinctly sums up, you know, the beauty of the mythology within uh, Miyazaki's films, you know, go read that. Because here at Fake Ritual, we just like to fucking talk about <laughs> whatever the fuck we want to talk about. So, you know, don't come here for research, all right? Uh, but yeah, uh, did that speak to you when you were a kid? Sort of, do you, do you think that was part of what drew you to it is that there was something different about how the children and the adults interacted and it wasn't kind of a us versus them mentality, but more of this nice communal, we're in this together. Um, but you also have your own secret world. (laughs) Yeah, I guess I, for me, um, well, I loved the cat bus. I love cats, and I loved the idea of the cat bus. Um, so that certainly appealed to me as a child. Yeah, and listeners, um, if you don't know what the cat bus is, it is exactly what it sounds like, but look it up. Yep. It's also beautiful. It's like a Cheshire cat, but yeah. the, you can climb in him and sit on furry seats. So squishy. Actually, um, real quick before we I always forget that some people might not have seen this movie, so they're like, uh, what oh, the yeah. fuck are they talking about? So quick yeah, synopsis. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Two sisters move to the country with their father in order to be closer to their hospitalized mother and discover the surrounding trees are inhabited by Totoros, magical spirits of the forest. When the youngest runs away from home, the older sister seeks help from the spirits to find her. Very uh, loose plot, very <laughs> moody, and a word that I recently found out, and I'm sure you've heard it because of your travels to Japan, Ma meaning the space in between. I guess it's mm. in Japan what the time between a clap would be referred mm-hmm. to as ma. And it's something that is prevalent in a lot of Miyazaki movies, but especially My Neighbor Totoro, of just these mm. moments of quiet reflection yeah. where people are just sitting outside or, like, eating food. Uh, but, yeah, back to the question I asked you, just kind of how did you see that relationship with the parents and with the supernatural? How did that, you know, reflect on you as a kid and... Maybe what does it do for you today? Yeah, I would say, um, I mean, I, I think I also probably connected with it because, um, I, my, my mom was often in the hospital when I was a kid. Um, so definitely could relate to that. (laughs) Yeah. And Miyazaki is pretty, he touches on some like, pretty heavy subject matter but does it very as you said tenderly yeah and i think that there's this idea as well of um you know trying to escape reality Mm -hmm. um 
you know, the classic, like things are pretty difficult in your real life. And so you want to find the fantastical, um, to sort of, I don't know, leave your body for a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I do a, an occult um, podcast, so it's like, it's yeah, for that exact reason. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think that it's just like, you know, I think especially for them and, uh, it's something that I can relate to as well. When I was a kid, you know, you do, you spend a lot of time outside, uh, coming up with all these ideas of magical things. They've got like, you know, like the soot sprites in their house and stuff, like just looking for anything really magical, because I think that the whole idea with, finding things that are magical, finding things that are fantastical. I think it really often feeds back into this idea that if they exist, then miracles exist, mm, okay. which I think is a big part of my neighbor Totoro is I think that, you know, there's so much of them praying for their mother. There's so much of them hoping that she's going to get better and asking for her to get better. Um, and, Especially, I mean, like with health stuff, it's like when you're a kid, you really don't understand that much. Um, and, and you see like the way that it has overwhelmed them and they feel so helpless. I think that's a big thing is that when your parents, when you're a little kid and your parents or one of your parents is constantly sick, um, it feels really scary because society tells you that this person is going to protect you um, and they're not able to. Yeah. And it feels so helpless and hopeless um, to be in that kind of situation as a young person. Um, and so when I see them struggling and crying uh, in this movie, it really hits home and and the way that they want to escape that and find joy and find magic. Um, you know, the way that they ask, uh, these creatures to help them, um, you know, to, to make things better for them. Um, that's what you do. You know, you look for these signs of magic so that you can, uh, have some faith that like miracles might be real, that maybe magic can save them if the doctors can't. Yeah. And I'm realizing now too, uh, and I kind of just like, I don't know why I didn't think of this, but that treatment of the supernatural in his films and especially in this one, uh, is a reflection of the Shinto religion that is mm -hmm. so prominent in Japan, because unlike in America, which is, you know, largely Abrahamic religions and largely Christian religions, monotheistic, something like Shinto is about the existence of spirits out mm. there in the trees and, you know, in nature. So, of course, yeah. they would call upon these things. And, of course, mm -hmm. the adults would not waggle their fingers, but would be like, yes, by all means, you know, pray to yeah. these beings and seek them out, you know, in one in ways that they don't realize, you know, they don't realize yeah. that they're actually jumping on their bellies and popping right. in <laughs> buses. But yeah, there is such a, there's something so comforting in that, that I feel like is lacking in America because we're just so about like, you pray to that one guy in the sky 
And yeah. otherwise, you know, <laughs> you got to beg him for a fucking miracle. Right. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, yeah, speak, I guess this is a perfect segue, too. Speaking of Shinto and, you know, the spirits, the kami within Shinto, as well as the yokai, the monsters mm-hmm. within the Shinto religion. It's a great way to get to our next movie, the one that you said you wanted to talk about, and that is Spirited Away, 2001's Spirited Away, which is so full of yokai and kami, it is uh, kind of mind-boggling. But before I let you gush over why this movie (laughs) is so fucking good and so deserving of its accolades, let's real quick uh, let people at home know what the movie is about. Uh, A young girl, Chihiro, becomes trapped in a strange new world of spirits. When her parents undergo a mysterious transformation, they turn into pigs. It's terrifying. (laughs) She must call upon the courage she never knew she had to free her family. So very, a very good companion to my neighbor Totoro, even though they are, yeah, almost, uh, almost 20 years apart. But yeah, why did you want to talk about Spirited Away? Why does that one, you know, stick with you as an adult? Yeah, I think that um, that one for me, it, there's so much. There's so much. Um, I think that uh, the amount of gods and monsters and it is fascinating mm-hmm. from a cultural standpoint. Um, it's beautiful, of course. Um, and... I think the other thing, too, is that I love Chihiro's arc. I think that she starts off as this kind of bratty child. Um, you know, she's, she's like, really pouting and sour about this move and everything. But also, again, you have to see it from a kid's perspective, mm-hmm. is that that kind of thing, It you know, on the surface, she seems like, oh, you're, you're like, oh, what a brat, kind of. Yeah. But then you think about it and you're like, no, for a little kid, moving and having to say goodbye to all of your friends feels like the world ending. Yeah. Um, and, you know, suddenly then she is you know, separated from her parents, Mm -hmm. (laughs) surrounded by monsters. And she has to grow up and become brave and strong for herself. And she has people helping her along the way. And she finds this support system. And like, it's, it's one of those movies that like, when she cries, I cry. Mm -hmm. Um, There's so much, I mean, what about when the giant baby cries? When the I don't cry about baby. that. <laughs> I don't cry about that. But I like. I think that you know, kind of what I was saying earlier about the amount of tenderness in his mm-hmm. movies. I think that this is one of those movies that just completely radiates so much love and tenderness. It is so much about holding space for people, um, being a support system. Uh, you know, because it, it's not just that she is being helped it is that she is also helping others in yeah. this journey yeah that's you true know, it's, it's alice in wonderland but instead of alice just kind of like yeah. you know dealing with these wild uh you know uh, absurd you know creatures and everything who she can't trust and none of them really prove to be 
in her corner at all. Yeah, you kind of get yeah. someone who's actually existing in the world. And as you said, holding space for these, you know, maybe a little weird looking, but ultimately, <laughs> you know, uh, to, you know, worthy of friendship, worthy of uh, connection. Yeah. And I think that, again, like it starts off with this thing that is such a like first world problem, you know, like moving to a new town. Um, And she's so stressed out about that. And then it's like, by the end of the movie, you know, she's like, I can take that because I've just been Mm, through so much. That's nothing anymore. I'm not scared of that anymore. And I think that that's the other thing is that his movies really exemplify this idea of, you know, once you make it through this, you can make it through anything yes. kind of thing, which again is why they're so great. I think if, uh, you know, people are, are going through a hard time, it's so great to watch them because again, it's this reminder that like, okay, things are really scary and difficult right now, but you know, you have pushed through stuff before and you're going to push through this too. Yeah. This what you're saying speaks uh, to this quote that I wrote down from something else that the listeners at home can watch, a video I also sent Indigo uh, on YouTube. It's just called The Mind of a Master about Hayao Miyazaki, 30-minute little mini documentary. And it uh, had a lot of good quotes from him, but the one that stuck with me, and it's uh, sort of what you're speaking to here when he's talking about uh, what he does with his characters in these films, he says... You don't depict fate, you depict will. So his characters never resign themselves to their situation. They are always moving through it. And I feel like that is not only like a beautiful sentiment and something we should all, you know, internalize and work towards, but I feel like it's also something you see within occult circles in that it's not about just like praying to daddy God or begging, you know, the supernatural to intervene. It's about doing something, whether it's ritual or what have you to get the thing. But on that note, we're going to take a break. But then when we come back, we're going to test Indigo's knowledge of Yokai and Kami uh, with a little quiz. In worlds seen and unseen, where spirits are transformed and sorcerers rule. The witch Ibaba controls you by stealing your name. If you completely forget it, you'll never find your way home. Your name belongs to me now. All right, and we're back with Indigo Baloch uh, to test her knowledge of Japanese mystical creatures, mythical creatures, I suppose. Mm. But before we get into that, you said you visited Japan. Uh, you've written about Miyazaki mm-hmm. and, you know, his, uh, representation of Japanese myths and stories and the like. So, uh, before we get into this quiz, just tell the listeners at home, you know, a little bit about the Shinto religion of Japan. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, I will say I'm not a, an expert <laughs> exactly, but um, a big part of Shinto that you will see uh, specifically in Miyazaki's movies, and, and he talks about it a lot in interviews, I, I believe, is um, you, there's just this such a, an appreciation for nature and for the surrounding world. It's this idea that there is sort of a spirit in everything. Um, so that also leads to the respect of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so like a perfect example is in Spirited Away, Haku is a, a river spirit. Um, and there's a, a, a really big thing you will see in Miyazaki movies is this uh, respect for nature and that humans uh, don't respect nature anymore mm-hmm. and, and what an issue that is. Because uh, in Spirited Away, we see not only Haku, but other river spirits that have been done wrong by humans, yes. that their rivers have been polluted or uh, taken away from them. And... It's this idea of like, if you think about it in this larger, grander scheme of let's, let's imagine that everything has a spirit, then how could you, uh, think that it's okay to cut down a tree or pollute a river? You know, like you wouldn't want someone, uh, you know, hurting you or hurting Theo. <laughs> He's like, yeah, tell him. Tell him. I'm part of nature. Tell him. Yeah, you just, you wouldn't uh, want someone treating you that way. So why do we think as humans that we have the right to treat nature that way? Right on. Very well put. But uh, now for the quiz. Are yeah. you ready, Indigo? To we'll test see. <laughs> okay, well, this first one is uh, kind of a creature that I'm not sure is supposed to be respected. But mm. uh, is it Casa Casa? No, no. Okay. But it is something that I feel like is definitely partially referenced in Spirited Away. Okay. Uh, okay. Question number one, and we have eight questions here. Okay. So if you get five, we're gonna you know we're gonna call you a winner as long as you get more okay. than half. Okay. So shoot for five, and even okay. if you get less, then we're still gonna call you a winner. Okay. Uh, question number one: This being is a composite of many known animals, such as a frog, a tortoise, and a monkey. Even more curious is the pool of water it keeps on top of its head, which is said to be the source of its power. Which mythological Japanese creature is this? We have three choices here: A, the Nippon. B, the Mew, C, the Kappa. Kappa. Ding, ding, ding. You got it. I love yeah. Kappas. Uh, and this is also another that's uh, everybody that listens to the show knows. I get all my little quizzes from funtrivia.com. Uh, <laughs> and this one is from the creator Double MM. I don't know why. I just mm. love the website. They're very nicely made quizzes, and they have these little write-ups afterwards. So... Here's what this one has. The kappa is believed to dwell in ponds and may grab and eat children. It is invariably (laughs) depicted as a green scaly animal, sometimes with a human-like face, long fingers, and a tail. The pool of water which the kappa holds on top of its head is the seat of its power. And if you are able to lure a kappa from the pond, you may outwit it by bowing. Because Mm -hmm. the kappa will then 
bow in return, causing yep. the water to spill from his head, leaving him yep. powerless. <laughs> I know <laughs> it's it's such a, a sad little uh, I don't know folktale or, or and legend, it's, I suppose. And it's so Japanese, just the yeah. like the the bow. You like, know, of that's course the same it as like bow back. Like you know? in America, it'd be like, yeah, you shake you shake Bigfoot's hand. Right. He, he's, he shrinks. Yeah, <laughs> he's right. Done. You shake his hand, he's done. Yeah. But yeah, uh, if the listeners don't know, look at pictures of the Kappa. It is like such a goofy, sad yeah. looking little tortoise. Like So silly. There is, I love Animal Crossing and there's a Kappa in Animal Crossing. Oh, cool. Uh, and I love him. He's really annoying, but I love him. <laughs> they, they look like they'd be annoying creatures. Yeah. All right. Well, you're one. Okay. One point on the board. You're on the board. Question number two. Like many other cultures, the Japanese have versions of this familiar creature. One form of this creature is called the Kirin, and another is known as the Sinew. What mythical creature is this? So this is a common mythical creature, and those are the names of the Japanese version of it. Is it A, a centaur, B, a unicorn, or C, a phoenix? I think this one is, it's either A or B, I think. Uh, I'm going to say B. Ding, ding, ding. You got it. All right. Yeah. If the listeners can't tell, I tried to make my quizzes easier. So I you know, augmented double MM's quiz a bit. So it's mostly that I've board. read a lot of manga where Hell there yeah. are characters and there was one named uh, Kieran and I was like literally picturing him and I'm like, he definitely had a horn. Oh, he definitely yeah. had a horn. <laughs> yeah, it says some accounts say that the Kieran is the good unicorn and that the sinew is the bad. However, mm. on closer inspection, uh, they seem to perform similar roles. Both are seen mm. as symbols of justice. Uh, the Kieran rewards those who deserve reward while the sinew punishes those who deserve punishment that's pretty cool i like that i feel like even the unicorn in like western mythology is at least seen as maybe not justice but like a purity of sorts you know at least they are that elemental creatures but two two points (laughs) all right hell yeah i love it question number three Many creatures and spirits in Japanese mythology are associated with the household, like the dust mites in uh, that you referenced that are in both Spirited Away and uh, my neighbor Totoro. Which curious function is Makura Gaishi said to perform? M-A-K-U-R-A dash G-A-E-S-H-I. Is it A, it drinks all your milk, B, it moves your pillows, or C, it opens your curtains. And I apologize, I just now realized that those la- those all sound like euphemisms, so <laughs> I swear <laughs> um, it's a normal household thing. <laughs> this is one I actually am not familiar with. Um, I love household spirits, too. It's just like, it's yeah. so fun what they do. Yeah. Um, and you see them in, in all cultures, too. Mm-hmm. Um I'm gonna say A. It was no. B. It moves your pillows. Uh, some of us may have awoken after a bad night's sleep to find the pillow <laughs> or duvet on the floor. And in Japanese folklore, <laughs> this was believed to be the fault of Makora Gaishi, 
which seems to have been created specifically to account for this phenomenon, which I feel like is also like what household spirits and creatures are often used for. But next time I do that, because I feel like sometimes I find a pillow on the floor. You'll be like, like, hey, (laughs) who did it? Who did it? But also, we're we're not out of it yet. Okay, we got, so we got, uh, what, five more questions here. Okay. Uh, So question number four, the word Ryu in Japanese mythology is usually associated with dragons. With this in mind, what is Ryu Jin? A, a dragon god of the sea. B, a man with dragon wings. Or C, a necklace made from dragon teeth. That would be B. It says here A. A dragon god of the sea. Ryujin is one of many spiritual beings in Japanese mythology that is used to explain aspects of nature. Ryujin was believed to dwell at the bottom of the ocean, taking in vast breaths, thus explaining the ocean tides. From his seat at the bottom of the ocean, Ryujin was served by various sea creatures, notably the sea turtle, who was his messenger. But I love that. I love. I felt so confident too. <laughs> I'm sorry, and it made me hurt to be like, oh, 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 I think double mm. Uh, I guess, hopefully, he's right. Uh, but yeah, I just love the the use of yeah mythology to explain things. It just never gets old to me. And I feel like everything we're touching on definitely has roles in Miyazaki films. He's featured dragons. Yeah. He's featured household spirits. Uh, and he's even featured just like weird little creatures. Yeah. But, all right. Two, two points. Okay. So we got th- one, three, four questions left. Yeah. Damn, I'm really bad at math. I just, right. I think my brain was like, cause Jin is usually the word for like person. Yeah. So I was like, oh, dragon, dragon person. Man. Yeah. Dragon man. No. Okay. All right. All Next right. Question. Uh, question number five, the Oni. Are creatures of Japanese mythology mm-hmm. that are both mm-hmm. feared as enemies of men, yet respected and often seen as protectors of the household. Usually depicted with red skin, hideous faces, and horns, what are the Oni most akin to? Uh-huh. This is like in, you know, more Western uh, mythologies. A, elves, B, ogres, or C, harpies? B. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, big fan of Oni. Yeah, the Oni are muscular, club-wielding creatures and were the natural enemies of brave warriors. However, the Oni were often depicted on the tiles of houses in order to scare away malicious spirits. And then here's just a beautiful, uh, beautiful sentence. It was traditionally believed that throwing soybeans out of your front door would help to get rid of any of these creatures which happened to be nearby. Which I hope they're like eating them and taking them away, not just getting smacked in the face with soybeans. Yeah, I would say if any listeners um, are interested in Japanese folktales, one of my favorite ones is the story of uh, the red and blue oni. Oh, okay, um, cool. They were they were friends, and it's a really tragic, sad story, mm. but I love it. <laughs> okay, yeah, I love, next question. I love too. Yeah, in <laughs> mythology, a lot of creatures will be like, "Oh, yeah, they're kind of bad," but they're like again into. I grew up super Christian, so I'm like, that's a crazy idea to me that something isn't wholly <laughs> evil or wholly mm. good. Like they're like, no, they're kind of bad, but we throw soybeans at them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, poor Oni, poor Oni, poor Kappa. Yeah. All right, question number six. You're doing good. You got to get one or two more points, and okay. you win. You win. Question number six. The Japanese seem to have a knack for combining the seemingly harmless with the deadly when creating their <laughs> mythological creatures, which I think we were talking before the show. Uh, yeah, Miyazaki's very good at that as well. At like, oh, what a yeah. beautiful moment. Oh, my God. What a horrifying scene. 
Right. But bearing this in mind, what is the basan? B-A-S-A-N. Is it A, a demonic rabbit, B, an exploding panda, or C, a fire-breathing chicken? I don't know this one. I'm going to guess C. Ding, ding, ding. You got it. You're one point away from, yeah. The fire breathed by this bamboo-dwelling chicken was said to be a cold fire. Such an idea of a fire-breathing chicken is not unique, however. The basson is reminiscent of the cockatrice, a European creature which was sometimes depicted as breathing fire and which was said to be related to the basilisk, which I believe is from Mm. Greek mythology. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fire-breathing chicken. Damn. (laughs) Look out. Also, yeah, these are all, like, just so. I'm like, that's... I'm like, is that in Spirited Away? There's probably some weird little chicken thing. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'm like, my cat is just uh, running around crying because I'm not paying attention. Oh, yeah, that's a cat. Him. I'm like, why don't you come on the couch, though? We could hang out here. And he's like, no, I have to run around and cry and, to, and make you follow me. Well, let, he's, let him watch you win and dominate okay. this game. Yeah. You might be the Your first winner. Win. Of Wait, really? I don't think anyone's actually ever won. I think somebody got like six okay, out of ten ones, which this. is like a 60. Well, I guess six out of ten would count. So, but... You're going to be declared a winner out loud. Okay. You get one more. Question number seven. Two more questions. In Japanese folklore, the Hitodama represent the detached spirits with the, the the detached spirits which appear after somebody dies. Which of these creatures is most similar to the Hitodama? A. The banshee. B. The fairy. Or C. The siren. Uh, I'll say A, Banshee? Yeah, you got it. That's it. You're yeah. a winner. Because they're, they're the most spirit-like. Yeah, it says, Wait, what's the last question? Or, yeah, I guess we're the... <laughs> no, we'll, we'll read it, yeah. But the appearance of both the Banshee and the Hitodama in a household are likely to represent the death of a loved one. Mm-hmm. Rather than appearing as a wailing female spirit, which is the Banshee, the Hitodama mm-hmm. is usually depicted as a floating ball of luminescence, mm-hmm. which I, mm-hmm. I love. That's why Banshees are like... Jeez, like, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're already grieving and you're screaming. Like, we don't need it. But a ball of luminescence, I'm like, that's kind of sweet. Yeah. But all right, that's just a bonus question. If you get yeah. this, then, like, you're, you know. I get extra points. Yeah, you. the podcast is yours. You win the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have it anymore. Uh, question number eight. One of the most famous creatures of Japanese mythology is the Tengu. The Tengu are believed to be skilled in martial arts, and many humans may seek out these aggressive creatures in an attempt to learn their skills. Uh, which of these best describe the Tengu? Can you get it without? Um, I think it's read? bird-like. Bird people. Uh, a, bird people. Yeah. You got it. Yep. We don't even read. I was going to say bird people, hairy giants, or mermaids. And nice. You, you would have got it. Yeah, despite the word Tengu meaning heavenly dogs, the Tengu are <laughs> invariably depicted as human-bird hybrids. The appearance of these creatures varies remarkably, sometimes seen as winged humans or as humans with bird heads or birds with human heads. They are thought to dwell in the mountains and were skilled in the martial arts. And they're also a creature in Dungeons and Dragons and they're little little bird people. (laughs) Well, nice. You got, I mean, that's six. I own the podcast You own the podcast. Okay, well, (laughs) yeah, take us out. Closely, everyone. I'm going to show you how to kill a god. Fire!
Well, before we say our goodbyes and before our final thoughts on Miyazaki, I had you in to go take a uh, silly little BuzzFeed <laughs> quiz to decide which Studio Ghibli uh, character you are. And I feel like it, uh, you know, Studio Ghibli has non-Miyazaki movies, but I feel like in this quiz, I can't help but think that all the characters that we could have become were Miyazaki yeah. But you could prove me wrong. But do you want to guess who I got? And then I will guess Ooh. who you got. Uh, well, to be fair, I don't know you very well. No. So, But you listen but, to a couple episodes of the uh, podcast, yeah. and I am and, pretty much that person. I have the podcast because okay. I talk that much. So <laughs> I had a podcast just to make sure uh, I can keep talking that much. I feel like... I don't, there's like so many characters, and I have no idea what all the options were of the quiz. But um, you want a hint? Yes, it I would was love from a the movie that I picked for us to talk about. Okay, um, I feel like if this was an option, the dad. No, but I appreciate that. It was uh, uh, Satsuki Kusakabe, okay. the uh, okay. older sister. Says. Yeah. Uh, you got Satsuki. You are a very energetic and kind person. You are determined to make everyone feel included, although you do enjoy having some alone time occasionally, too. And I'm like, damn, you got me. That's me. That's me. <laughs> I have to just say, because I don't think we even got to mention this on the show, or we did a little bit up front, but I think you got Kiki. I did not. You didn't. Dang. But but do you remember what I said earlier about uh, when we were picking which ones to talk about? And I said that everyone assumes that I... You did like, say that. So with that Dang. as a hint, what do you think I did get? Yeah. Okay. Thank you for giving me redemption. Because, yeah, I'm like, come yeah. on. I'm, I was there. Uh, Chihiro? I did. Nice. Yes. Uh, it said, you are very adventurous, but also a little stubborn. You like being around other people because it makes you feel safe, although you are very quiet. Is it true? So I would say yes and no. I would say I'm not very quiet, but uh, I would say I'm adventurous, but stubborn. And uh, I would say that uh, being around people makes me feel safe, which is partly why I... Don't know if I will ever not live in an apartment building. I love the idea of if I get murdered and scream, someone will hear me, maybe. They, they'll hear you, but yeah, whether <laughs> so, they come to your rescue is another. Yeah. You have but to at least they'll know. Just scream. Yeah, make sure you scream, like, free cookies or something. I don't yeah. Know, like, ooh, our neighbor's yeah. got free cookies. But all right, before we, we go, any final thoughts, anything you want to leave the fakers with, just as far as a nice little bow, a nice little bow, like in Kiki's hair. Uh, yeah. on the Miyazaki topic. Hmm. Um, yeah, I would say uh, some final thoughts. Um, don't. Here's like some random advice and okay, yeah, comments. That's, yeah. Um, okay, don't read the book of House Moving Castle. I did not like it. Okay. Um, it's based off of a book, and he did a way better job with it when he made the movie. Um if you are a fan of Totoro's, my shop, Mods, uh, does live streams every Monday where we hide Totoro's around the store. Oh, and so if fun. you spot them and comment Totoro, you get to win a prize. Um, oh, cool. So it's very fun and silly. Um, and 
Let's see. What's one last thing? Um, studio. I I've been to the Studio Ghibli Museum. Oh, I've heard of in this. Japan, yes. and I was so lucky that I was able to go right after they had installed the cat bus section. Um, so I got to go sit in the cat oh. bus, which fulfilled all of my dreams because it was like the the seats were made out of kind of like that Tempur-Pedic stuff. So it was like, Ooh. you know, in the movie, it's all scrooshy and like form fitting around. Uh-huh. Like you're like, you know, like you, you sit down and it's like it, it molds to you. And that's how it was uh, in the museum. And I just wanted to sit in there for the rest of my life. Um, and those are my three, my three last uh, comments. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, well, beyond that, you know, you already mentioned mods, paperwing gallery, but yeah, uh, where can the fakers follow you? You know, social media or anything coming up? Because remember, this is dropping on the thirty first, and I believe yeah. that your band has a show on September second. We do. We have a show on September 2nd at Cativo. Uh, we also have a lot of new stuff that's going to be coming out soon. So do check us out at somefaith666 uh, six, six, six yeah, is our Instagram yeah. handle. 420 um, was taken. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, follow mods. Um, and if you want to follow me, uh, my handle on pretty much everything is uh, lilac underscore acrobat or for particularly witchy and geeky stuff, uh, mother underscore of underscore mugwort. And then mods paperwing gallery is just at mods paperwing yeah. gallery, correct? Yep. Awesome. Uh, well, first off, before I get into mine, I didn't get to say thank you for coming on the show, but thank Happy you for coming on the here. show. But you can follow us over on Instagram at fake ritual and, you know, Comment and tell us what your favorite Miyazaki movie is, or maybe your favorite character, or your favorite yokai, or, you know, mm-hmm. Kami that you saw in one of the movies. Uh, but you said you've listened to the show. Hopefully you've got to the end of the episodes. I won't uh, dig any further, but would you care to join me in our send-off, which is wishing the fakers to go fake themselves? <laughs> Okay. I don't know okay. why that, that sounded like it was calling you out or something, but I also, if the listeners haven't picked up on it, I am dealing with a sinus infection, so I'm kind of losing my mind. So if at all I sounded gruff or prickly or strange, that's why. Okay. But uh, I'm filled with nothing but Miyazaki tenderness for the guests on the show and for cool. my listeners. But you ready to count yeah. it down and wish Let's the fakers to go fake themselves on yeah. three? One, two, three. Go Go fake fake yourselves. yourselves.